Welcome to the first episode of Morning Default, your weekly briefing of everything going on in the world of travel and culture. My name is Matias Meza. And I'm Kirsten Davis. And today's travel destination is Tokyo, Japan. So how much do you know about Tokyo? Probably not a lot. <laughs> so did you know that Tokyo actually started as a tiny fishing village in the 12th century? I had no clue. Well, it's really crazy because... The highest populated city in the world is Tokyo, and it's just under 14 million people. Mm. Um, what a lot of people don't know is the original name was Edo. Does that stand for anything? Well, it stands for coastal waters in Japanese, um, but the name was changed during the Meiji Restoration of 1868. I'm sorry if I butchered that. What is that? The shogun that ruled Japan lost his power, and then the emperor was restored to a supreme position. So it's just a transition of power, is what that was, a rebuilding. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So the official language, of course, is Japanese. uh, And when you're traveling there, it's rare to find anyone that speaks English at all. Um, Although every Japanese city, Tokyo, is a place where you'd most likely find anyone that speaks some type of English. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, let's get into food. Um, Did you know that Tokyo is actually home to the most Michelin stars in the world? I did not know that either. Since May 19 of 2022, they have 212 stars. As someone who loves food, that is very hard to do. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, They're known for uh, these cafes known as Maid Cafes. A causeway-themed cafe in which the staff, typically women, are dressed up in maid outfits. Oh, I mean, <laughs> are there any men? Is this just a female population? Well, in in some some places, you can find uh, maid cafes that are run by men, but they're really muscular men. So they're all you know buff guys in maid costumes. <laughs> Okay, that yeah. makes it a little more balanced. Yeah, it makes, it makes it interesting. Um, but they're fun, carefree entertainment spot where the customer is put on a pedestal pretty much. Well, I um, can imagine what they're doing to put them on a pedestal. Yeah, they uh, refer to them as master. Oh, yeah. yeah. I That's mean, interesting. if I were to go, I would definitely visit one just for the culture. Yeah, I feel like that's something you feel obliged to do. But um, there's so many good good foods and honestly i can't um go through all of them but you know the top ones sushi of course ramen tempura yakitori and japanese curry all look amazing and you know with having 212 stars i'm sure they're really really good would you get everything that you just mentioned oh yes except you know maybe tempura because i'm not you know i'm allergic to fish (laughs) so what about the sushi what well, kind of there's, rolls are you there's getting? There's different. There's different types. I just never seen you want a sushi, like a piece of sushi. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I know you would totally devour that Japanese curry. That Japanese curry looks really. You good. love all types of curry. I do like all types of curry. Um, so this 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 part is really cool. Um, vending machines. So, when you think of vending machines, what do you think of? Cookies, snacks. You know, those types of sodas, things. Sodas, like, right? Sodas. But in in Tokyo, the vending machines are futuristic slash traditional, which means they have vending machines for pretty much anything, 
which is really crazy. Uh, while doing my research, I noticed that vending machines pretty much sell anything. Uh, while digging deeper, well, not really deeper, but the options vary to pretty much anything and everything. Uh, for example, there is a puppy and kitten vending machine. Um, there is a hamburger vending machine uh, because fast food is apparently not fast enough. Uh, they have an underwear vending machine um, and an instant gift for any occasion vending machine as well. So I'd like to back it up a little bit. <laughs> how are they putting these puppies and kittens in vending machines and how are they living? Or how do they come out? So it's it's almost like you're going to a pet store and you're on you're buying them and they're going through not really a machine, a human helps them go through these doors to get to you, but it's it's mostly there's different windows that show different type of animals okay. and you get to choose them. So that's and then they the get aspect. To you. That's the aspect that makes it a vending machine. Yeah. It's kind of like you look at the number correlated with an animal and you're like 374. Yeah. And they go back in a store and bring you said animal. Yeah, pretty much. But, so they're I just mean, being extra crazy. about a way to get a cat and dog. <laughs> yes, yeah, very extra. Indeed. That's still kind of adorable. It's still like very futuristic. I mean, instead oh, of, definitely. you know, what we have here in the United States, it's very different. It's so. drawn out, it's mm-hmm. paperwork. And, yes. But that's cool. So another thing is, um, you know, the stays, the different places you can stay when you're in Tokyo. Um, what I've noticed going through a lot of this is that Japan is very busy and everyone's always working hard and so they have these awesome stays called capsule hotels. Uh, They offer sleeping spaces the size of a single bed with just enough headroom for you to sit up. Um, It was created in the 1980s for uh, commuters to get shut-eye before heading back to work. So they would be at work instead of driving all the way home they'd go to these capsule hotels sleep for maybe 20 30 minutes and then head back to work like that's how that's how busy they are and how hard working a lot of these tokyo uh, citizens are oh my gosh so they don't have a typical routine is that very common in tokyo when it comes to like work hours like it's not a nine to five it's not really a nine to five um i would say they work a lot more um but there's also a lot of people so it's much easier to go to a capsule hotel that's maybe 10 minutes away instead of sitting in traffic or walking uh, a long distance to get back to where you were. That's yeah. actually crazy because mm. you hear people in European countries telling you that the United States thinks you have to work X amount of hours per week in order to make a living. And you think that's a lot. Yeah. But these citizens of Tokyo are sleeping at capsule hotels in order to make it a little bit easier on them yeah um so this one's actually really cool so it's called the han and hotel um it's the only hotel that's run by robots Mm, by robots (laughs) now that's just crazy that's so futuristic kind of robot i can't even think about it um so the receptionist is a t-rex dinosaur yes and when you look at it it looks very realistic um 
and then there's also a robotic arm that is like luggage storage pretty much and it holds your luggage for you so very futuristic um i don't know i mean as cool as it is uh to have a hotel run by robots i don't know if i would <laughs> be very interested in it maybe other people who are interested in robots you know but not not really for me <laughs> is it a themed hotel or is it normal other than the fact that you have t-rex as your receptionist it's not really themed um it's honestly just robots is the theme yeah. I'm thinking too far into it because whenever you're checking into your hotel, you're like, oh, can I have your credit card information? Let yeah. me just double check your ID and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Which, if you want to look into conspiracies, you'd be like, oh, do I want to give that to a T-Rex robot? <laughs> but that's pretty cool, though. It is pretty cool. One thing to do if you were looking for an experience. Oh, for Kinda sure. Kind of like the, the food example. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you get there? So transportation is very important to talk about. Um, So Japan has these things called bullet trains. Uh, So these bullet trains began uh, running between Tokyo and Osaka in 1964. And they're named bullet uh, trains because of their bullet-shaped noses. So they're a uh, 12-car train, and they're the fastest trains in the world. And guess how fast they go? Tell me. 131 miles an hour passengers enjoy a smooth quiet travel uh with aircraft seat style wow so in comparison i wonder what the statistics between a metro and a subway station here in the u.s would be in comparison i actually want to figure that out all right um so while you do that i'm going to talk a little bit of crime so There is one country that has established themselves as one of the lowest overall crime rates in the world. And this country is Japan. And Tokyo is no exception. Uh, When talking about violent crimes, Tokyo just might be the safest of all large cities. Wow. Well, that's, again, I keep connecting everything to the U.S., but that's what I know. That's what I've been born into. And you just see rates of crime increasing so much here so for a place that's so much larger to be able to crack down on that is pretty insane Mm -hmm. but back to the transportation i found some information so typically a new york subway goes about 55 miles per hour and then some london underground trains travel between 45 and 70 miles per hour so i think the range is roughly between there so that is insane you have double that top speed yeah that is very very fast very fast and i think to get from tokyo to osaka is maybe like an hour two hours compared to like if you were to take let's say you know the metro from there to there it would Mm -hmm. take maybe eight Mm -hmm. it goes to show just how futuristic they are because these have only been out for what a little less than 60 years yeah so they are just constantly developing things one step further than other countries Mm -hmm. so this last segment i'd like to talk about uh fall time so um you know many people travel to tokyo uh, when they want to see the cherry blossoms in the springtime um 
but it's always super crowded. Mm -hmm. So instead of going uh, in the springtime to see the cherry blossoms, fall time is actually very lovely um, when the fall foliage comes. Uh, it makes the city so beautiful. The advantage of coming to the fall, you know, city is less crowded, hotel rates are lower, and the weather tends to be more stable. That's enough to get me to go. I don't yeah. like a lot of people, and I like saving money. <laughs> so, um, there's there's a website, and uh, it's called trulytokyo.com. And if you go on there, it would give you amazing places to go during the uh, fall time just to see all the red, orange, yellow trees. Um, but here are some that uh, I saw that were just so gorgeous. I had to uh, talk about them. My pronunciation of these is going to not be the greatest, but uh, Hayaba Cohen Park. Uh, it's a small park between Ginza and the Imperial Palace, and it contains a variety of trees that burst into dazzling colors from the autumn. Uh, it's a convenient spot uh, for just a stroll or a picnic. Right up our alley. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a Shinjuku Gaion Garden. Uh, one of the best gardens in Tokyo. The garden is uh, very lovely in autumn uh, where you can just see so many different colors. And, you know, it's just beautiful. But, uh, yeah, so the everyone talks about cherry blossoms. Um, but no one talks about how much cheaper and much nicer it is uh, to be there when it's not crowded um, in the fall time. Yeah, not to mention it's just personal preference. If you are a fall lover like myself, that might be the way to go. Yeah. So... Uh, Customs, of course, everyone needs to know customs before they go anywhere. Um, the last thing you want to do is offend someone on accident. Mm -hmm. um, so here's just a few that I'm just going to go over uh, that I thought were very important. Uh, taking shoes off when entering someone's house. Uh, it's a sign of purity and just cleanliness. Um, wearing a mask when you're sick, of course. That must be very easy for them with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Not here. Yeah. Uh, not shaking hands and not hugging when meeting with loved ones. That one's uh, a little interesting to me. I'm not exactly sure why. Right. But, um, you know, that's, that's what we got to do, I guess. Um, the next one is bowing 45 degrees to show respect. Uh, I'm sure the degrees doesn't really matter as long as you bow, I assume. <laughs> They're just going to be watching you. <laughs> yeah. Bringing out the degrees. Yeah, but... Um, Usually you're about to your grandparents or, you know, people of higher rank or superiority. So would that be switched? Are you supposed to do that every time? Like, say you go visit your grandparents or something, instead of hugging them or shaking the hands, depending on who you're with, if there's someone of, like, a higher statute, are you supposed to bow to them every time? I don't believe you have to bow to them every time, but I believe at least every, every day that you see them once, you should probably bow. So every first encounter. Yes, yes. Um, so this one's pretty cool. Um, making the slurping sound with eating noodles. Uh, it shows that you enjoy the meal. Mm. It would be hard for me to get behind that one just because I have the biggest pet peeve when it comes to people eat with their mouth full or just making unnecessary noises. But that's the difference between cultures, which yeah. 
I mean, that is one way to let someone know, hey, this is delicious. Let me let you know. <laughs> By the slurping, slurping. Yeah. yeah, because if you were eating dinner at the table with your family and you were making loud chomping noises, what would your mom do? Oh yeah, my my Paraguayan mom would beat my ass. Right, sure. like that, and that's a different, that's a whole different culture, but it's still similar to what I would expect at my family's dinner table too. Yeah. But nope, complete opposite there, which is cool. So um, another thing is a lot of people visit shrines. Uh, to either visit the dead or to, um, you know, make wishes, um, per se. Uh, but you have to symbolically wash your hands before entering a shrine. Uh, again, another thing that has to do with purity and cleanliness. Um, wearing slippers when using the restroom. Um, I guess I can get behind that one. <laughs> okay. But then again, if you're talking about the purity and cleanliness... And you're supposed to take off your shoes when entering someone's home, which is totally understandable. I get that. I wonder, are there slippers outside of the bathroom? Is there a spot in your restroom that you can just keep your bathroom slippers? So I'm not exactly sure. I think it probably depends whose home it is. Um, if, you know, they have a designated spot, but... That's really interesting. Yeah, no idea. Um... This one's also another interesting one. Throwing beans at people who are dressed as demons during the Setsubun festival. Um, so this festival is to ward off evil spirits that bring disaster, misfortune, or bad health. And marks the end of winter. Oh, so... Alright, I don't really know what to contribute to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't dress as a demon during Setsubun Right, so festival. people just dress as demons because they want beans thrown at them or is it like they're hired um honestly i have i don't really know would you want beans thrown at you i mean preferably no i would not want beans thrown at me i don't know i mean i could think of people who'd be like oh i love that just weird tendencies not weird but <laughs> right. i don't know kind of like a way to get an intention like hey throw beans at me i'm into it maybe uh, i don't know not me <laughs> Alright, um, eating a special meal called, oh, you might have to help me with that pronunciation. I am not the right person to go. Osechi? We said it the same way, so we could both be correct or wrong. Yes, uh, but you have to eat it during the New Year's Day. Uh, It's served in stackable boxes that include cooking, vegetables, um, fish, and other cured foods, Um, but pretty much it's piling up luck and happiness. Okay, so that's kind of similar to, like, other traditions that they have. I mean, I know here in the U.S. I've had meals um, every New Year's. It's probably not something we do every year, but it's whenever you eat pork and sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. Now, I know specifically that comes from, like, German uproots. Um, So German individuals would do that as a traditional New Year's Day May meal. But, however, um, Jewish individuals with that background, they don't necessarily use it with pork. I think they do, like, a goose or duck meat. But I think they all ultimately have that same luck and happiness for the new year, which is kind of cool. So, another thing is participating in firework festivals or Bon, bon Odori festivals during the summer by wearing a yukata. And, I'm not, have you ever seen a yukata? Nope. So, 
I don't have a picture pulled up, but it's pretty much a. It's almost a dress, but not a dress. Okay. <laughs> it's almost like a lab coat. Let's see. But with very beautiful colors, and it's uh, tied together with a bow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gorgeous. that's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very no, beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I like all the different colors. Mm-hmm. Really brings out someone's like individualism. Uh, so for people that want to get to know more about um, locations and places to go, um, I would definitely visit gotokyo.com. Uh, they have uh, awesome locations uh, with famous landmarks, uh, theme parks, scenic spots, and so much more. And then the other one I said before, um, trulytokyo.com, another one that's just amazing uh, if you want to find places to go that are just beautiful. Um, And then lastly, uh, the transaction money exchange, of course. One dollar would transfer to around 142 in Japanese yen. Okay, what does that get you? Uh, while looking on multiple different websites, the answers vary. Uh, I believe that really depends on the exact area. Uh, on the Currency Exchange International website, it says that it costs on average thirteen fifty dollars for a budget dinner for two, and four dollars for a pint of beer. So I mean, I guess that's not bad. No, I mean when you think about the way that people make money here, we just went to a football game, and how much was beer there? almost eight dollars it was only eight dollars i thought it was like 11 was it i thought so and that's not for like a craft beer or anything nice like that that's like a standard bud light yeah exactly (laughs) so you'd appreciate that yeah i would appreciate that thank you for joining us this morning thank you kirsten for all the help uh on my first episode of morning default i really appreciate it Uh, Stay tuned for next Wednesday's episode where we discuss a famous city of Istanbul.